Shoegazing podcast is back. You are most welcome. I'm Jesper Ingevaldsson of Shoegazing.com, one of the leading blogs in the world on quality shoes. In this episode, we will go all in on the nitty-gritty of shoe care. And we do this together with Anders Sundström, who has developed the new premium shoe care range Paul Brunngård for the Swedish company with the same name. Paul Brunngård is the largest shoe care company in Scandinavia, but previously focus has been on more basic shoe care products and eco-friendly stuff. Now they wanted to develop their own range of premium products, a task given to the shoe care expert Anders Sundström. We will talk a bit about Anders' background and his work with developing the nicely designed Paul Brunngård shoe care range, and then go into the details of what shoe care products contains, how the various ingredients affect leather, the good and the bad, and so on. If you like when the podcast nerd in on things, this episode is for you. So enjoy your listen. All right, uh, Anders Sundström of Paul Brunngård, welcome to the Shoegazing Podcast. Thank you. So it's, uh, it's an honor. Yeah, it's always nice for me when I can do these type of interviews on home turf, so to speak. We're yeah. in now where I live in the west part of Sweden, and you're almost from here. Yeah. I'm actually, yeah, yeah, just down south, south yeah. of Gothenburg. So, and we're gonna talk a lot about uh, shoe care. Gonna go into it quite technically uh, on a lot of the uh, the, the technical aspects of. Uh, shoe care products and the ingredients and all that. Uh, but we're going to start a bit talking about you and about the company that you work for, yes. Brungård. But I know that uh, you've been really into shoe care for quite some time. How did it all start? Well, I didn't grow up in a household full of shoe care. Um, it was, as I joined the university, I was supposed to take the step into manlyhood and gentleman fashion line. I got an eye for for cleased shoes. Uh, as most of your readers will know, uh, shoes are a major part of a proper gentleman's wardrobe. And um, I actually had a had a friend I lived with. He had a pair of herring shoes. And this was the day uh, about what is it, fifteen years ago? And that in Sweden, quality shoes wasn't actually that common. And um, I was quite fascinated by shoes, so I saved up some money and bought a pair of herrings myself. A pair, pair of uh, Chelsea. And um, as a nerd as I am, I, I had to actually care for the shoes. So I kind of nerded myself into shoe care. Um, tried, you know, watching videos and uh, clips, reading of how you should care for, sh- for shoes. And um, it escalated a bit. You know, space shining and, and that nerdy part of shoe care—it's—it's—it's it's, uh, it's an art form, obviously, and and you need to learn the the basics, and it takes time. It takes a lot of, of practice, like most most uh, most craftsmanship. But uh, the thing is, as I as I I was obviously studying as a student for engineering, and I can tell you, um, buying proper proper shoes are generally quite expensive. So I started purchasing, you know, secondhand shoes. And 
Secondhand shoes in Sweden at that time is quite different from how it is today. Secondhand shoes was very expensive, uh, so I purchased purchased a lot on eBay from United States. You know, Alan Edmonds and yeah, I've been through that yeah process myself. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and it was quite funny because I noticed that I could purchase a lot of shoes, you know, uh, from secondhand, quite cheap from New States. Polish them up, and if I didn't like them, I could sell them and make small profit. It wasn't much, but it was something. So to finance my wardrobe of shoes, I I really got into like buying secondhand shoes and polishing up and selling them. So, um, uh, but but at that time, I, I I really got the time to polish a lot of shoes, mm. and this became the groundwork for my both my fascination fascination with quality shoes, but how to polish shoes efficiently and good. And I started up a shoe, shoe shining club. Uh, it was, you know, um, as I said, I, I studied engineering and I, you might be aware that engineers are not usually the ones that have proper clothing. I mean, no, not famous for it. Not famous for, for, for wearing proper clothing. So, um, I was kind of a black sheep uh, around the the engineers, but I I found you know crazy people like myself that mostly worked in, uh, studied in economics um, that had a passion for shoe care. So we started a club, and this was uh, like 2013 and 2014. So we had a small society. We you you take a bag, fill it with shoe care shoes and go to the polish shoes for four or five hours drink whiskey and just talk politics it was nice it was it was a, a pleasant hobby but it was still a hobby uh obviously something i did on on the side yeah and the, then the the first time i met you was in 2014 uh, when uh we had the first uh, super trunk show uh, yes yes exactly we, we had it in stockholm yeah. uh, it was a really a uh, big event, and there we also had the first uh, Swedish championships of shoe shining that sort of set the base for the world championships and all the other contests around the world. Um, and you, you were the first uh, winner uh, yeah. of that uh, contest. What do you remember from from it? Oh, I, I remember it like it was yesterday. It was, it was fantastic. You know, you might not understand this, but a lot of people like I followed your blog. Uh, for, you know, shoe snob. Have shoegazing. There's a lot of fun blogs that Elegant Oxford. I mean, I love, I love Elegant Oxford. Fantastic content and passion for shoe care. So big follower, and in a way, we we get a glimpse of you in the blog. But meeting you was it was it was a fantastic experience because we, you, you confirmed all the the prejudice you had for for a nerd like you uh, but it was it was it was really uh, pleasant you uh, yeah <laughs> but i mean i do remember the trunk show and i do remember how my shock actually because when i did this in tr- this club social club of of shoe care nerds in in Linköping, we were still just a few people and for me shoe care was just a absurd hobby that like few people had but I remember entering, you know, the hall with, I don't know how many people was it? I think we were 700 there. Uh, and it was, it sort of had, had its space for 200. Yeah. So it was totally so, um, Not yeah. Corona certified. No, <laughs> for sure. No. But it was, uh, I, I was 
I was so shocked entering. It was so many people and everybody who had like, I, I saw the passion in there, mostly for shoes, obviously not for shoe care, but, um, and, and I remember, you know, this was the day when like the, the more exotic brands were very rare in Sweden. You had Vax, for example, which is one, one of my favorites uh, of shoes. And, and I was really excited to finally meet them and, and the shoes and, and, uh, it was, it was a, it was a pleasure. And this, uh, I, I remember you, when you started the, the, the championship, um, I said to myself, ah, I had to apply. I mean, I mean, I won't make it anyway, but, uh, um, a nerd as me, I, I have to try. I got into the finals. And apparently, as you said, I, I won and I was quite shocked because apparently I was very good at it. So you opened my eyes to that, uh, to my, to be a, a bit of un-Swedish, good at something, really. Yeah. That's, yeah, no. Now it's funny, I mean, for those who don't know, these contests, you qualify by sending in a photo, yeah. or nowadays it's more photos of the shine, shoot as you shine. And then you have, during the finals, a few were selected, I think we were four at that time. Yeah, I think yeah. Yeah. Venus. Yes, yeah. Swedish menswear uh, icon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, was one of the finalists, and uh, uh, but then you have twenty minutes yeah. and one can, or nowadays two cans yeah. of wax yeah. uh, to to shine. Yeah, one completely new shoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's the same in the World Championship contest yeah. and all yeah. the other ones nowadays. Yeah, I mean, it was quite funny, you know. At that time, um, I was a obviously heavy user of Sapphire, and you, I polished with. Colonial at that time, and it was quite nice. It opened my eyes to try out the other brands, actually. Um, but yeah, with the Swedish chapter title, you were, then were invited to TV shows yeah. in Sweden where you talked about and show, showcased shoe kit. Yeah, yeah. So I, I obviously uh, afterwards, I, I, I got some invitations to TV Fyra and I, I to describe how to how to make shoes, how to, how to make shoes, how to properly care for shoes. And generally it's not really as nerdy as, as what you and I would do. It's more general shoe care uh, for the general public. But I, mean, I was a part of some pa uh, articles as, as well. Um, at this stage, I would say, I think it was 2017 when I applied again. Yeah, for the yeah. championship again. So uh, at that time, I was not a student anymore, at least. I applied, I got in, but I didn't win. So, yeah. Yeah, was that the military guy that yeah. was parked up? Yeah. Really good guy. And he had some water stains on the polish, but it, yeah, obviously he was better. Um, he, he, he's one of those who get real speed shine over the entire shoe during those 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic work, yeah. But... Uh, I do remember that was the first time I got to meet Paul Brungard or the... Yeah, because they are like um, the main partner of the yeah. Swedish exactly. uh, Super Trunk shows and the Swedish Shushan contest. Yeah. And um, uh, yeah, so that was when your relationship sort of started. Yeah, uh, yeah I would say that's the first time I, I got in contact with Paul Brungard or the, the Brungard uh, company uh, at that time. So, um, at that time I was obviously just an engineer working with something very different, uh, but, uh, obviously still re retain my, my passion for shoe care. Yeah. And then, uh, cause I know that, um, uh, cause those who don't know, Paul Bungo is sort of like Scandinavia's largest, yeah. uh, company 
for a shoe care. Yeah, have their own brands and or wholesaler of yeah. some brands. Uh, and uh, but at that time, uh, Brungård was mainly focusing on like affordable shoe care yeah. and uh, more regular stuff and shoe accessories. But nowadays, sort of wanted to revamp both the company uh, and also introduce sort of a new uh, offering that you uh, got to work with. Yeah, yeah. Tell us a bit about this. What happened was that I got in contact with Brungard after 2017 just to do some TV shows and some uh, articles just to help them. It was just general for fun. Um, but at 2018, actually, they started uh, an idea because they wanted to do actually look into premium shoe care. Obviously, uh, what, what what's happening in this industry is that general shoe care is declining, premium shoe care has uh, increased at the, the, the consumption of it. So it was a good idea for them to look into an option as, as premium shoe care. And since they never really worked with premium shoe care, they, they, they wanted some someone to be part of that, that, has, that could potentially create it. So uh, they approached me and said, uh, hey, we got, we got an idea. And what was sort of the goal? Uh, uh, you said you wanted to revamp things, but yeah. in what way? Yeah, Yeah. so uh, obviously, obviously a Polish is Polish. Uh, you can't really say that you're going to make the super best Polish. Because um, usually that's actually a personal preference, which Polish is the best. Yeah. Uh, but I wanted to bring the passion from, from the from the heritage shoe care and the passion of, 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 of making worn out shoes and quality shoes, extending their life with the best material possible, but, uh, and the, for example, speed shining and, and everything that comes with that. But I still wanted to, to apply some sort of new design factor and quality craftsmanship to the other things that extend just the polish inside the tin can because um um what i saw in the market is that that most manufacturers of of, of shoe care what they do is they, they they make a good polish let's say i mean cream and they don't really put their energy into the other components of shoe care i mean the brush the box so so they make a really nice cream but the rest of the soaping is kind of nah, not so not so good and the design was always a bit stale. Uh, so I wanted to create where an assortment of shoe care with a really nice classical shoe care, which is, uh, you know, polish, you have cream, obviously. Some other innovative products, obviously. But the products around it would be an up-to-date to the year 2020. Yeah, because that's uh, what sort of... What one uh, uh, gets hit by, so to speak, when yeah. I introduced to Paul Brunberg first is your yeah. the design of things. Which yeah. You have a very, very luxury shoe cable layer box yeah. where uh, the brushes and the uh, creams and all that fits like they have yeah. their set compartments. Yeah. And um, um, yeah, it's sort of more like uh, what you call like, who looks like home interior concept thing yeah. or something like that yeah. in a way. I thought to myself, why not make a shoe care product that you would be able to place inside your your interior that that actually is a design object? Um, 
But here's the thing. Usually when you push a lot of designing properties into product, the function and quality usually declines. It's, a, it's a usually a, a move. Either or. Either or, yeah, usually. But I really didn't want that. I didn't want like half good shoe care with a really nice design. I really wanted the passion, the best shoe care I could literally make, but with a really good design. And that was sort of, again, no compromise at all. So that was like one of my narratives in designing the whole assortment. Um, and, um, I mean, you're up against quite tough competition oh, yes. with uh, Safi and Budak, yes. for example. Yes. And then you have small like terms if you talk to oh, yes, those yes, yes, guys yes. have uh, definitely designing all that. So, so how will you find your place in the market, yeah. so to speak? A very good question. As I said, here's the thing. Um, we discussed this quite early. We we didn't want to bring in a new Sapphire 2.0. I mean, literally. I mean, again, I I grew up with Sapphire. It's good, literally good product. Boot black do good product for Mar- for Marco Dunks Dunks makes makes good shoe care. Mm-hmm. No, I won't argue with that. The thing is, what other what other parts do you want to bring to the table? So what I wanted to do is obviously bring in the passion and twist it to something new and also make a more even assortment. Because as I said, you don't want like the best kind of shoe care that you could have, like the best polish, but then a half good polish. Because usually what happens in this industry is that what they do is they create their polish and they go to another company that produces boxes and says, okay, nice box. I put my logo on the box and then then you sell the box. I didn't want to do that. I designed everything from scratch. And this is something that you could see quite uniquely in our assortment is that there's nothing like it anywhere on earth. Literally, we designed brushes integrated with magnets made with walnut wood, solid walnut wood. We didn't want to compromise on the material. Finest walnut wood together with um, craftsmanship in the form of, of of making the brushes by hand, not by machine. And so, uh, it was last year now that you oh yeah. launched a brand. Oh yeah. um, how has the reception been? Quite good, actually. Uh, so we try to do a lot of events. Uh, we don't currently work with a lot of cobblers. We more currently work with more lifestyles, more lifestyle to gentlemen fashion uh, customers. And we try to do as much events as possible. The fun thing about the events is we just placed box, uh, the, the, so, the social briefcase as I define it, and it draws by itself a lot of attention. Uh, for me, the, the, this box is more of a marketing tool than it is um, a, a moneymaker. Because that, 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 that's what I, what I would say the most biggest response has been, this looks really good and it does function really nice. for. The nerds, let's say, if you're into that, or if you, if you just most people per, don't purchase shoe care for spit shining. That's a very small minority. I love that minority because I'm part of it, but the most majority just need to polish their shoe with a yeah. shoe cream. Yeah, exactly, shoe cream and, and a simple polish. And for those, obviously, there are products, and for those that are freaky, freaky nerds that love, you know, part of, of the product. I have to. I, 
I tried uh, the products mm-hmm. and I like them yeah. quite a lot. I mean, uh, I'm not uh, fascist to any brands. I usually sort of pick up the thing that's huh? on top of my yeah. <laughs> box. Yeah. Uh, you have a box that you know. Exactly. So that's one reason that I some I think uh, I use the PB products quite a lot since it's convenient, yeah. so to speak. And and you can place it by outside without your wife telling you that goes in the wardrobe. Yeah. Because th- that's the thing. If it's outside, they're easier or more prone to be used. So but it works. where can uh, people buy Paul uh, Brunvard? It's in Sweden, we have it yeah. in quite a lot of places, but um, if you look the natural. We have uh, Skoopsybolaget, for example. I know they, for example, sold a full set to a New York customer. So obviously you can buy that internationally from there from Skoak to Blogget. Uh, but we've actually finally found a distributor in in England. So we will be launching PB in England in about two weeks. Yeah, the 11th of um, 11th of February. So we uh, worked together with Artiton, which was actually a part of, it was actually part of Shoe Shining Championship. Um, uh, last, uh, last. Yeah, they were part uh, of the Supercrunk show yeah, in Stockholm uh, last year. Yeah, yeah, fantastic uh, people to work with because they, they, they're. I don't know if they're more passionate than me, but for Shuki, maybe I'm more passionate. But they are very passionate and very um, fun to work. And they're actually they they work with you know really quality products. Obviously, I mean they. They have they're launching Nakata hangers today by for in London by All right yeah uh, in their store in Severo uh, but, oh yeah so so they and they sell uh, yarn yeah uh, yarn yeah, cool. quality shoot yeah they, they sell yarn uh, Bridland and yeah yarn and Bridland uh, so we're gonna launch in Severo and they're gonna handle the distribution and whole of of UK so 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 that's fantastic and we're gonna be uh, available in store in UK and launch at the eleventh but. Um, Internationally, we we're currently just trying to find the right distributors and the right customers that can sell PB because not all brands can sell it. It's a, still a niche product yeah. portfolio, uh, um, but yeah, um, and your view, so to speak. Oh yeah, definitely, obviously, and and so we need to get a confirmation from the shoe nerd society in a way. Uh, but yeah, but we had some new reviews, some good reviews from from some of the influencers, uh, big people like like Justin and Fitzpatrick and uh, uh, Shelvedge. It's 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 quite fun to see that the products actually work, not just by me, but by 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 the by the people that work with Shoe Care. Yeah, so it's 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 quite fun. All right, cool. Uh, let's go over and talk. Um more about some sort of technical aspects of sure. shoe care and uh, and all that. So I know you spent now years educating yourself and going really in depth on uh, this topic. Uh, and you also, like you said, tried many different things through the years. Yeah. So if we start with sort of the ingredients that nourish the leather and moisturize it, um, uh, what is it that is used in shoe care products for yep. this? Oh yeah, so the most common I would say is is like lanolin, need for oil. Uh, like historically, I would say you have the animal oils. Yeah. You have need for oil, uh, lanolin. You have mink oil. Um, those I would say is the most historically common oils. Uh, 
we do see a lot of uh, vegetable oils bringing to the market. I mean, almond oil, shea butter, you have coconut oil. And the thing here is, is not our, not all oils are actually really suitable. And the, the, the thing is, if you look at the oils, they're quite different. They have different properties. So they have different optimal functions, let's say. So neat fruit oil is, is, is quite penetrating and it's quite heavy, but, and, and it will nourish the leather. Yes, but it's problematic because you have higher risk of stains and the acidity may cause, uh, uh, wear down the cotton, uh, threads, seed, yeah. threads, yeah. Seen. Uh, so that's one part, for example, you have, um, coconut oil is also a bit problematic because here's the thing, uh, you don't want oils on top of the leather, you want them to go inside yeah. the leather and, and, um, coconut oil, for example, have a tendency to stay on top, which causes a, draw a lot of dust and, and it also, uh, discredit the, or not discredit, sorry. It, 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 it also stops breathability in a way. Uh, if you have a thicker oil, uh, on top of the leather, for example, if you, if you take mineral, mineral oil, really good oil, if you want waterproofing, literally awesome. One of mm. the best oil for waterproofing. But the problem is, is that you waterproof the shoe, so breathability will be, and it will affect breathability. And the thing is, let's say you take a, you buy a Perloque or Crockett and Jones, you wear them for business hours. I wouldn't say you want to put a mineral oil on that shoe because obviously waterproofing is not your main concern. It's extending lifetime and having a flexible, comfortable leather. Mineral oil will keep in um, the uh, reduce the breathability and and really good waterproofing. So maybe if you go hiking and you need really good waterproofing, that's a more suitable oil. So it it had usually each oil has a specific optimum of use. Yeah. Say. And that's why you see all these mixers yes. of things in yeah. shoe care. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You want to have the best from each world and and sometimes that works and sometimes doesn't. So, so, um, for example, if we look at, um, mink oil, it, it has a good penetrating property and it does have a good lubricating property to moisture the leather in form of making it soft and uh, subtle, uh, and it penetrates into the leather. Again, this is where you can see a bit of darkening, uh, of the leather, but just applying a little less, uh, I would say less is more as usually with most shoe care. So, so and what about the more sort of greasy ingredients that nourish like shea butter and those type of things? So looking at shea butter is quite interesting. Shea butter consists mainly of, or mainly mostly, I would say, of stearic acid and oleic acid. Stearic acid is very efficient to get up. Oh, it does enhance waterproofing. Uh, it's it's harder, uh, so it's more of a wax. But uh, okay, so it's, this is more towards wax than oil. I would uh, say it's it's in between. Because if you if you look at at shea butter, you have uh, fatty acids such as uh, stearic acid that really works well to together with beeswax, for example, to create waterproofing properties on top of the leather, as well as penetrating into the leather with oleic acid that really nourishes the leather, lubricates the leather to make it continuously flexible. This is what you usually have in, in let's say, tanning properties or, or, or when you 
change the properties of leather, you can use oleic acid to ensure that dusts remain flexible that way. And so. you should also mention that that's one of the things that you see in some types of leather, yeah. when they stuff it with oils and waxes and that type of thing, what you basically do there is you sort of uh, stuff it with shoe-carrying unions in a way, yeah. uh, one could call it, uh, yeah. just so that you have it already into the leather to a larger extent. Yeah, yeah. Here's the thing. Okay, so let's say you, you're a person that wants to care for your shoes. You don't really want to put a lot of energy into, let's say, spit shining. Or, you know, you, you just want to apply wax, brush it off, like most people do. Not retarded people like me. Uh, uh, is there a problem to have a bit of an oily surface? Uh, not an oily surface, but have more oils already available on the surface that would provide proper waterproofing? No. But let's say you're like me, that you want to be able to quite efficiently apply a spit shine layer on the top of the leather. Having high amounts of oils on top of the leather is very problematic. It will... It, it will decrease my possibility cr to create a spit shine. Mm. So That's why you don't see it on calf leathers exactly. for dress shoes. Yes. So th here's the thing. Um, it all depends on your needs, what kind of product you should use. And a more oily or greasy, let's say, product would be very ideal for, I'm going to go hiking. I don't, I don't care how I look. I just want to repel water as most efficiently as possible because that's a really big concern as well as you know keeping that leather with such flexibility to create a comfortable leather to walk in because a stiff leather is not comfortable yeah so that that's it all depends on your view i would say drier products are usually more prone aesthetically to be good oily products are more functional functional mm -hmm. So that is, yeah, I think we should say that that all these are sort of generalizations, obviously, uh, because yeah, if we should go into every detail, <laughs> uh, it would be really boring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> People would be turning it off, and uh, except yeah. that super nerds is like, ah, oh, but he's wrong. <laughs> yes, exactly. Because exactly. Uh, but the other sort of the main part of if you look at the regular shoe creams mm -hmm. and all that is. Uh, yeah, as you mentioned, the wax. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, here ma many, ma this is sort of to protect and then also to shine. Yeah. yeah. But uh, in general, that has we just mentioned. But how does this work technically, the waxes? So, uh, okay, so wax mainly, it does, like beeswax is soft and it does have a work inside the leather as well. But mainly what you see with waxes is, is that they work outside of the leather to create a barrier. Let's say barring for water, dirt, whatever, protecting leather, the leather itself. Um, the thing is, all waxes have different function. So obviously there exists a, a lot of variety of different waxes that you want to put into your formula to optimize your product for the use, let's say. So... Um, most people are know, uh, do know like Carnauba and beeswax because those are by far the most known waxes. But there's a lot of other waxes that are used in the formulas. Yeah. That has... For example... Okay, so... Beeswax and uh, yeah. Carnauba wax yeah. so most common. Uh, and definitely. The other... Uh, well, if you look at general shoe care, paraffins are, mm, I would say, mostly used. Uh, but, um, yeah, so... Uh, Beeswax, uh, carnauba wax, candelilla wax, 
three very common ve ve vegetable based waxes. Then you have a lot of mineral waxes, so ozocrite, uh, molten wax. Here's the thing. Okay, so why would you use ozocrite wax in a wax? It's quite soft, not as soft as beeswax, but um, it it it's actually quite important when you formulate because you want a gelling part. Like a wax is not just the wax. You want to create a structure in in the wax when you you manufacture it because you want to to uh, create a a fiber structure that can contain the solvents because solvents want to get the hell out of there. Can, mm -hmm. I can tell you, they want to get out of the tin can. But the thing is, what the wax will do is help to maintain, you know, the, the oils, which uh, turpentine oil, or uh, solvent of any kind is an oil, uh, inside the, the fiber structure to help to contain it. And, and to do so, you just can't just put it in a box, heat it, and just cool it because you have to cool it in a specific way. You have to heat it in a specific way, and you definitely need to have some waxes that work differently. And Ozocrite is, for example, one of those waxes. I wouldn't put it on shoes unless it wasn't vital for the... Well, vital. It can be used. Uh, I use, for example, a, a vegetable version of, of Ozocrite. But um, so when Maltam wax, it's a cheap version of, of, of uh, Canoba wax, really brittle, really hard, really good gloss. Problem with it is it tends to crack and it tends to shrink. It creates shrinkage. So you, again, you want a mixture of different waxes to create a gel. So this is where, again, where the complexity comes in yeah, the, the formulation. Yeah, it's very Mixture care products. Yes, yes. Because uh, uh, there's both the sort of the final look of things. Yeah. There's the caring properties oh, yeah, of that, yeah, yeah. and then it's also how it is for oh, yeah. for you the the shoe polisher yeah, yeah, exactly. to apply it. Yeah, yes, like yes. for example, I know pure polish products, mm -hmm. which to me they actually great results. But personally, I have a hard time using them because uh, I haven't <laughs> find the technical way for to use it. And I know many people love them, yeah, but yeah. so they find their technique to sort of use them. Yeah, uh, but that's also one thing sort of that. Yeah, both uh, has to match uh, how people, and you have to learn how yeah, to match yeah. and all that. So, so that's the thing with everything. I mean, every brand of shoe care will always function a bit differently. I mean, it, it all comes down to user. Some people would say, yeah, I prefer boot black. Mm. I understand. Some people would prefer Falanco. Some people would prefer mine, the PB brand, let's say. But it's, it's, uh, it's really the thing here is that you have to find your pa uh, the the thing that works really good for you and test, 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 test. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So when we created the PB products, the the the, the polish is still a polish. I mean, it, it's a polish. Um, obviously, it's our own formulation. As I said, we made everything from scratch. So we made it. We looked at the formula that we wanted to make. We adjusted it exactly how we wanted to do. Um, Can you make it in France? Yeah, yeah. We have a small factory in in France that 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 help us to produce our formula. And and um, here's the thing. Okay, so I wanted to bring some something new. Actually, I I've, I've been looking at different waxes and properties. And and the thing about beeswax is beeswax is quite sticky. It's soft. It's very it's a very important part of the formula because it helps to create a gel and it helps to create. Uh, a soft wax, a softer wax. Caranuba is too hard, and you need to 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 balance it out with a softer wax. 
So I was looking at options and, and I found Rogue's Wax. Rogue's Wax is similar, actually very similar in consistency, uh, melting point, uh, etc. To, to beeswax. But it has less stickiness. It's it's a bit drier. Again, I, I, I see the perk in, in the more drier properties. Uh, so I wanted to try that out. And we found a rose wax. A, a fantastic smell. Really, literally smells like roses, but on dope. So um, uh, we integrated that into most of our products. It's a bit hard to s- smell it in the polish because you have solvents that, that, that turpentine that kind of takes over a bit. But in the cream and the rubber cream, you definitely can smell the, the rose wax and it has very clear in, uh, natural smell, which is quite nice. No perfumes, just natural. It's quite nice. Uh, so we integrated that in most of our products. Uh, a bit of a fun innova- innovation. I don't know. Mm. It was it was fun. Yeah, cool. And um, you mentioned it a bit, but uh, for pigments in sugar products, yeah. uh, and then we focus on the premium versions there. What is used for this for the dye for the pigments? Well, um, mostly in premium, there are natural pigmentations, and I would say of like 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 here's the thing. What is better, natural or synthetic? Yeah, that's uh, exactly. A bit, a bit, very interesting. Question. Yeah. Thing is, okay. So, what is the function of pigments in a cream? Because okay, we already have your pigmentation polish and a cream. Creams are usually more prone to pigment the leather rather than the polish. But let's say, yeah, okay, you have cream and polish. What's the function of it? Okay, you want you want to to bring color where you have lost. Like you purchase a new pair of shoes, you do not need pigmentation for a new pair of shoes. But the one or two, you need to bring back pigmentation over and over time. Obviously, they are needed. And synthetic pigmentation are much, a much better capacity to bind into the fiber structure. So that's a, that's I would say you would want to use synthetic. Sure, but the problem is when you use a cream, you don't want to paint it. You want to remit. You want to keep the patina of the leather because think about what i've seen with especially a lot of the uh, creams that have way too much pigmentation is that you almost in uh, when you over applicate the creams you almost paint them and again it's not wrong i would say it's undesirable for quality shoes what kind of leather do you use for quality shoes full grain quality shoes semi-aniline and you really want to re- retain that fantastic look of leather. I mean, as it ages, it looks fantastic. If you use synthetic pigmentation, I will... my view is that you destroy it mm. anyway, the natural look. So obviously we try, we're quite prone to, okay, we have to use natural uh, pigmentation. And uh, I mean, you you brought it up several times, but yeah. uh, to get all these ingredients to bond together, you need to have a solvent. Yeah. Uh, and uh, what are the most common types of solvents used in shoe care products? Okay, so, uh, okay. Uh, premium shoe care usually only speak of we have turpentine, but yeah. this is actually the biggest lie I have seen about shoe care. So what you use for solvents are like, you have turpentine, yes, which is gum turpentine. Gum turpentine can mean a lot of things. Um, it is uh, it is actually gum turpentine that you want because uh, you can make t- turpentine 
synthetically and you can make it from mashed up wood which smells shit sorry about that but it smells really bad you want really gum turpentine and what is gum turpentine okay so when you create turpentine what you historically made was you take a tree you cut up the sap yeah the tree and use the resins in the sap to extract the the turpentine oil which is the uh volatile substance it's as a it's a solvent uh literally as a solvent and the same goes for most essential oils it's actually those are made by usually solvent extraction um like orange oil etc um and here's the thing i mean if you take gum turpentine if you take orange oil or whatever you want to use they are not healthy i mean the health parameters of, of using gum turpentine is quite severe. A concentrated form, you, can, you take a teaspoon of it and you die. You literally die from it. So uh, you have to be quite careful when you, to use these. So what happened in the industry as it modernized, all suppliers of shoe care, none of them, I would say, use 100% turpentine. They use... 20% turpentine and the rest is uh, nafta, like a um, uh, uh, classical uh, solvent, like a fossil-based solvent, mm. like made from, from from oil, which is, I'm sorry to say, you you, you can't really make a product that, that contains one on turpentine nowadays because it would be nice, because here's the thing, turpentine oil is efficient to dissolve some of the natural waxes such as, you know, carnauba wax, beeswax, really efficient in it but uh, you would have such hard classification that you have a death skull not a death skull you have a quite a hazardous classification so you would be problematic to sell yeah okay because already today when you use the turpentine slash yes yeah. i think it's yeah. Uh, yeah. you can't ship it on plane it's flammable no no uh, flammable it's it's most solvent i mean you can use thing is you can use uh nafta or a hydrocarbon solvent uh, D40 um, and make uh, okay polish, but you want to ha still remain some of the important properties of the turpentine. So you use, for example, okay, orange oil is an, an alternative, but it's the same issue. It's made mainly of limonin. Small amounts can actually have a health effect. Yes, there there are documented uses of limonin, but that's really low amount. Breathing in limonin is quite hazardous, as well as the turpentine like that let's just face it that's the fact it's not healthy but in modern modern products modern, everybody is um, yeah. a mixture nowadays yeah. so and the solvent is vital obviously during the production to mix the different ingredients and then you have the application let's let's say you 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 want to use carnauba wax a high amount of carnauba wax in a polish you can't really put that you, you can't really make a hard wax and put it on the shoe you have you have to make it so soft that it's quite easy to put on the shoe, and once it dried, bam, you can uh, apply it. This is where the, the the classical shoe cam came in. Cream, sorry, the classical shoe cream is actually a water emulsion that uses solvents as well as oils and waxes, which makes it uses water as a solvent, which makes it much more healthy in that way, and definitely more easy, quite easy to use. Uh, uh, and and use water as a carrier. You was water as an emulsion, water emulsion to create, to, to mix the oils and creams. Um, very much more complex in a way because you, 
think of it, you want to put something that, that want to mix with water on the shoe and then you don't want it to mix with water once it put on the shoe. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So that's the, it, 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 and it, it's quite of a tricky, tricky formula. Uh, it, 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 uh, there is, uh, it's just that you have to know what you're doing when you create a, a good quality shoe cream. Because a, 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 the big difference between a good quality shoe cream and a bad one is that after you applied it, if you run water on it, it will not protect it. You don't, we don't have a barrier of of water repellency and you have it on the best products obviously in the, the bigger bands i would say you would have a good shoe cream yeah uh, and we should all probably manage i mean i think many listeners only really know this but also to generalize a bit together but in general for the sort of conditioners yep. you have mainly oils and some waxes sure yeah uh, and it's very often very soft yeah quite a lot of watery yeah but yeah and then you have the shoe cream yeah which is sort of the middle egg which has yeah. the nourishing oils and yeah. the protecting waxes and gives a little bit of shine yeah and that's why i often say that the one product that everyone should use on their smooth leather shoes is the the shoe cream yeah and then you have the waxes which sure. is the harder less water and for more protection and of Gloss. course the shine yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's sort of the generalization of these, all these uh, sort of ingredients that we've been. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so common to that, uh, I, I 100% agree with you there. Uh, here's the thing: if you use shoe cream, which is good, shoe cream does retain the oils. You should always, once in a while, use something that is more caring. Say something that because uh, uh, shoe cream. It's a compromise with a shoe cream. So, uh, and you wear them out, you dry them out, you will will lose oils uh, continuously as you as you use them. You you walk in rain or whatever, you scratch the leather, and and you need to replenish those oils uh, that that exist in the labor f- fiber structure. So, uh, it's quite important. And uh, um, um, I mean, in my experience and from my knowledge, sort of since basically. All premium shoe care products uh, consists of mainly various types of natural oils and waxes. Yeah. It works perfectly fine to mix shoe care products, but both sort of between sessions and uh, in one session. So, sure. Uh, what's your opinion on this? Oh, by mixing, you mean using a polish and a cream? No, no. different brands. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, not a problem. I mean, okay, I'm going to go scroll back in my life. Uh, if you looked at my shoe valve box that I had, what did I have in my box? I had like three different brands of shoe polish, three different brands of cream. Uh, generally, not a problem to mix and match. Uh, definitely not a problem. Uh, I would say that that the biggest mistake would be that you mix cream and a wax. You don't let a cream penetrate into the leather, let's say, before you go into the waxes. I go too quickly. Yeah, you, you go too quickly yeah. to the wax because you're... And the thing about the cream is... is Okay, let's say you have a, a shoe with perforation. Mm. You apply a cream and usually you get <laughs> a little too much cream inside the perforation. That is a lot of uh, water that hasn't dried. It takes a lot more time to dry. Um, and that would be problematic if you, let's say, go with, with a horse brush, you're going to ruin the brush. But um, here's the thing. You don't want a lot of oil, um, a water-based product. because the, the, the cream is usually some part of... Uh, water in it 
and you put wax on top of it, what happens then? The water has nowhere to go except down into the leather. And what happens then? You can most likely get a stain. So just let it dry. Just have patience. Like with everything, patience is key. And uh, I mean, in cheaper shoe care brands, one can often find silicones. Sure. And, uh, so what's the reason for this? So then we need to look at what silicon oil is. So silicon oil is, is uh, a polymerized silane uh, or silicate. Uh, and polymer or silicon oil, they don't really go well with other oils. Um, it's it's uh, really, really, really good at repelling water. Like, like, don't get me wrong, it repels water efficiently. It creates a, uh, it, it's, it's, the longevity of silicon is very good. It's not as good as, let's say, perforated products, but it's it's very stable. And it also, it doesn't go rancid in that way. And, but here's the problem. So if you put the barrier on top of the shoe, you will decrease breathability. That's one part. People mostly speak of the breathability, but that's not really what I'm concerned about. If you put on leather, a silicon oil on the shoe, it will obviously penetrate into the fiber structure. Now let's say you have a dry, a bit of a dry shoe. Um, you have oils there that that are missing. You need to replenish the fiber structure. You you, you put in silicon oil there. That silicon oil doesn't work as the natural oils that you do have that 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 work much better with the fiber structure. And let's say okay, but then I just apply a, a lanolin afterwards. Doesn't work because lanolin and silicon oil doesn't really go that well together. So you're pretty screwed. Once you put on silicon oil into the leather, you're, you you can't really undo it in a good way. Have that barrier which sort of yes. doesn't let the nourishing no. So you can't go into. penetrate in the nourishing component to to ensure that the that the 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 leather remains flexible and over time. Highly recommend to avoid it. And most no. premium shoe care brands avoid no. it, but no. in cheaper, yeah. since like you say, it's quick be. and easy results. Uh, yeah, quite quite definitely. Uh, again, here's the thing: it's quick and easy. Mm. It is, and, and no one will argue with that because it does work really good to waterproof. But again, leather is a living material, and you don't have a circular story of, of blood that can bring nutrients to it, and remove unwanted components it's it's dead in in that way so you need to apply all the nutrients which means that the nutrients you apply needs to ensure that it comes into the fiber structure and if you have silicon avoiding the penetration into the the fiber structure because they obviously took that place and they don't want to mix and match hmm. then then you're pretty screwed and 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 to to solve uh okay so if you want to 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 remove it yeah exactly that's okay Here's the problem. Uh, you want to remove silicon oil. Uh, you need quite harsh solvents, like xylene or or some really really harsh solvent. Avoid it. By by by, it would be a good idea. Yeah. So we talk mainly now about for smooth leather or grain yeah. leather with uh, and, uh, the grain side out, so to speak. But yeah. if we just talk briefly about care and protection of suede and. Yeah new book, uh, sure. which is obviously completely different. Uh, how sure. does these products work? Okay, so you have the 
pro type of product that can bring some nutrients to it, uh, oils and waxes. Uh, usually they are occurring, it's usually a water-based uh, product or a solvent-based product that, that you apply with pigmentation, for example. Yeah. Um, but it's not as important because here you don't have the, the grain, tight grain structure, no. which is the one that cracks. Okay, so <laughs> here's the thing with, with uh, Sweden. Okay, if you don't waterproof, you're pretty screwed because it's it doesn't have a good protection. Uh, uh, skin has a good barrier to avoid That's water. Grain. Yeah. Uh, yeah, grain, exactly. But look, on Sweden, you have the, the inside outs. And, and this means that you have a lot of nutrients that will easily fall out or be potential to be lost. And if you don't waterproof your shoes, this is a big problem. Uh, so then that would be a, a very important step. That's why the Seinfeld uh, episode with the suede jacket with the uh, water <laughs> stain, and the stains from the snow. Yeah. He didn't waterproof Us. jacket. No. Exactly. Big mistake. Good reference. Uh, but here's the thing. Uh, suede is very carefree. Like if, if you ask most people, people, oh, suede, oh, it's so annoying. You can't really wear it outside when it's raining. It's it, You can only wear it when it's good weather. It's like. Look at the, the shoe nerds. They only wear suede or prefer to wear suede when it's bad weather. Because a spit shine is it's more damaging for a spit shine than a suede. Yeah, suede is yeah. great. Thing. Yeah, exactly. And you can, the only thing you have to do with suede, or only thing, the main thing you have to do with suede is waterproof. Waterproof it. So, yeah, just get a good waterproofer. Um, and how does this waterproofer in general work? Okay, so there exists a variety of different waterproofers. The most common historically is obviously the, the the aerosols, and I would say historically these have been sub big superior to the water based, which is the option. The good thing about a water based is obviously you can do it inside. You can't do that with an aerosol. Uh, not so healthy for the the user, so you can just do do the outside. Um, but you need a component to create a water barrier. And here you have, I would say, three main options. You have waxes, which is wax, I mean, beeswax or whatever. Uh, then you have uh, perforated fluorides, uh, PTFE, PFA, PFOA. There's, there's a lot of variety. Uh, those come with a quite of a big of a environmental and health concern. Um, and nowadays being very restricted. So you sh I would assume in uh, the future, they will be removed fully from the options, but that's, that's an option. And the third option is, okay, use a silicon. And we discussed silicon. Uh, so if you use a silicon oil-based waterproofer, big no-no. But silicon is actually a, uh, you can find it in nature. You can find a silicon, the, the, the silicon component, silicon, in the nature. It's very common. It's not dangerous at all. The thing is, what you make is a polymerized silicon, not a siloxane, and an oil version of that is problematic because, as we discussed, it will ruin, in a way, the, the breathability and definitely the, um, the, the uh, leather fiber structure. So, uh, what, however, uh, you can use is a polysiloxane or a other types of polymerized polymerized product poly, polymerized chains that can 
like silanes or siloxanes that that does not penetrate into the leather and create a a, a, a competition between the oils, let's say. And this is a quite complex, but uh, what it is is uh, is actually uh, it's a long chain of 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 a polymer that that has a silicon component of it, uh, and this one will help. It would it will lay on top of this fiber structure of the suede, and it once the water is put on it, it will. Repel it. Yeah. yeah, but isn't that how most of these work? That they sort of build this shell. Yeah. So it build this builds a molecules yeah. Uh, yeah. on top of. The but what's the vitalist? Don't use a silicon oil no. on your waterproofer. So that would be the mistake. But if you use a silicon-based uh, polymer on your waterproofer, yes, that 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 is not as problematic. I would say. Oh. The thing is, I'm, I I work together um, in. Not only do am I the brand director for the, the 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 PB brand, but I also help with chemical development at Brungod. And says I am an engineer and I solve problems. And so uh, what I do now is create a like new formulas, and, and I'm working on waterproofers. Cool waterproofers. Yeah, 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 exactly. And and here I'm I'm re- researching um, it to create new new potential products. Mm. Uh, on the side to PB, obviously, um, it takes more and more of my time. So, <laughs> um, but yeah. So, so well, what's your opinion on using waterproofing sprays on smooth leather? I call me old fashioned, but why? Okay, so does it damage? No. Uh, try just try to avoid perforated products. You can have a silicon, not a silicon oil, a silane or a, a silicon based, let's say, polymer that is not silicon oil. Yes, that is okay. That's no problem. But the issue could be that you sort of has the problem with the nourishing uh, yes. ingredients reaching down. Exactly. So so um, here's the thing. Would I recommend it? It's better than nothing. Uh, you could use a, a aerosol that is wax-based. Works wonders. I, we actually made a really fun product. It's not in PB, but it's a... It's a wax-based aerosol that's super efficient to create a really nice shine and a really quick and easy. Just spray it on the shoe, just rub it off, and it looks fantastic. And it's just like beeswax and waxes and and solvents, obviously, and aerosol. Uh, super efficient, super cool, super awesome product. But I wouldn't use it, obviously, because I want to use my polish in it in a, in a can and I want to apply it by hand. It's a, it's a craftsmanship for me. But the thing is, smooth leather. Just why not use a classical polish? I mean. There exists so much good, good products for that. Uh, but okay, if you don't use anything else and, and ask, can I use a waterproof? Yes, you can. Is it ideal? No. Just just use polish. All right. Understood. Stream of Paul Brungord. Thank yeah. you very much for being part of the Sugarcane Podcast. Uh, yeah, it's been a pleasure. And and I hope to you all yeah, that, that all the listeners really take care of your shoes because I, I do know, I mean, the, the listeners to this show have really nice shoes so yeah, yeah, just yeah. just whatever you do care for the shoes because they look really nice and, and, and uh, it became quite nerdy in them anyway oh yeah yeah so anyway, it's not about it. uh, I mean, we, I think, managed to listen yeah. to it all I think we like lost half the listeners that halfway through yeah but uh, regardless I think it's it's good that people know the the, the technical basics of it yeah. um, or, it's interesting for us <laughs> exactly yeah, 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 yeah. alright thank you very much cheers cheers, cheers.
Thank you for listening in on this episode. In the next edition of the Shugasin podcast, we will talk about leather. So stay tuned for that. Hear you again soon. Mm-hmm.